Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Preseason hockey is only a couple weeks away, and we're talking about what we're looking forward to the most this season. We're also having feelings about the AAA Blue Jackets, promotional nights, and video games. I am Ryan Riel, and joining us for this episode, we've got Elaine Shercliffe. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Ryan. Been a few weeks, and we got Will Chase. Hey, Will. Hey, guys. And then we've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, Ryan. So, guys, we are a couple weeks away from training camp. We have a little bit to talk about. But first, Elaine, you haven't been on the pod in a few weeks. I wanted to ask, how was the AAA Blue Jackets reunion game weekend extravaganza? It was an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good time. Um, Well, first, I started the weekend by meeting Seeds and PD and Rachel and Maria, who's like my new favorite person. So it was nice to put faces with voices and names and everyone is pretty much exactly like they are online and on the podcast, which is uh, a relief because I thought, (laughs) I thought everyone was going to hate me. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, I was really worried in the parking lot. It's fine. (laughs) And then the alumni event was, I mean, I had fun at the the game. I didn't get to watch much of it. I got there early and helped with setup. And then they were like, hey, do you want to sell 50-50 tickets? And I said, sure. But little did I know I'm really bad at selling 50-50 raffle tickets. And I How was are like, you bad at selling tickets? No one would buy them. <laughs> oh. And it didn't help that like my competition was Ed Ginger's daughter. Right. <laughs> and not only is she Ed's daughter, but she's adorable. So she really all she had to do was like, hey, you want to buy some tickets? And if they said no, she just was like, but I'm Ed's daughter. And they right. were like, here's my money. Uh, so Coach Todd Erie saw me struggling and he was like, Elaine, see those kids over there? They're 2009s. They look like they're about to get in some trouble. Let's uh, put the apron on them and let them go. But since I had to give them the money... <laughs> I followed them around the whole time, and I went over with them 12 times. Tickets are 3 for 5, 10 for 10, and 40 for 20. 
So they go up to RJ Umberger and they go, tickets are five for five. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no. And he had like already paid. So I was like, don't worry. It's the Blue Jackets alumni discount. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were, they were hilarious. So that was most of my time was, um, running around after them, making sure that A, they were selling them and B, that the money was still in their pockets. Like I, Mm -hmm. I trust that they wouldn't steal it. But I don't even trust myself as an adult to not lose it. <laughs> right. So, but there was some, I don't know, there was some fun stuff that did happen, though. Uh, when Austin Pooley got there, he was, like, bombarded by little kids who were like, can you sign my, can you sign my, like, hockey card of you? Can we get your autograph? And he's, you know, Ohio State. They love watching him play. And then Connor Murphy came in. And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to bombard him. And they did it. And I was like, guys, that's Connor Murphy. They're like, we know, but he doesn't play for the Ohio State University. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It was it was pretty funny. And Austin scored six of the ten goals for his team. (laughs) Hmm. He he was ready to uh, send a message to his friends. And Connor Murphy, I've never seen him hit people so hard up against the boards. I was like, these other NHL teams are not going to let their players come here next year. If you keep <laughs> annihilating them. So I didn't really get to watch much, though. Like maybe the last two minutes straight and the rest was just like a handful of time. I heard I heard it was a pretty good game to watch, though. And Jeff Swoboda wrote a really good article about it. He wrote like three articles about it via Jackets Insider. So I suggest taking a look at those because he got a nice little glimpse. I When I go to AAA events, people are like, oh, are you going to write about it? And I'm like... No, because this is my program, too. <laughs> right. And they mean, like, the world to me. So I spend my time helping them and seeing everyone and talking to everyone because it's like a family to me. So it was kind of like a family reunion, almost. It, it was pretty nice. Well, when Patrick E's retires, he can be a part of the Blue Jackets organization. And then you can have from top to bottom, <laughs> just Eves all right? across the organization. Mike Eves, Ben Eves, Patrick Eves. <laughs> I know. How are we going to get... Uh, I'm just wondering, like, we need to get Patrick Eves in Ohio somehow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because they're all here, <laughs> except for him. Well, good. I'm glad you had fun in Seeds. Elaine checks out in person. Yeah, she she passed inspection. <laughs> <laughs> I think I talk to Seeds' girlfriend more than I talk <laughs> to anyone else. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it was a good time. A lot of a lot of things, a lot of things to be excited about with this organization right now. I know nationally it doesn't look that way there's all sorts of articles about how the blue jackets are regress and the farm team is lacking in prospects but will chase you had a post recently about five things you're looking forward to for the upcoming season we all have a couple if we want to go around and share but was it hard to narrow down to five or was it actually difficult to think of five yeah actually when i when i came up with the topic i was thinking i was originally going to go with 10 things but then i was like i'm just going to narrow this down maybe come up with some things later or like you said we can go go over them on the pod now but uh yeah I, was, I, I had a few more that I could have put and kind of looking at some of the comments or just talking with some other people um after that I was like oh I could have put in you know other things too like I kind of cropped in the forwards but you know I could have been more specific with certain players like Liam Foodie or you know other aspects of the team that's you know coming up the storylines that we're going to find out about so yeah, I probably could have done more, but I decided to just keep it brief at five. 
Yeah, I'm really, I think the forwards are probably on, on everybody's mind. I, I am curious, looking forward to for sure, but I'm curious because everybody's so worried about the young forwards and torts and, and torts newfound philosophy or, or supposed newfound philosophy of letting them go. I mean, we've seen it with, Winberg taking a step back and Milano not being able to get a Cleveland. And so what's going to happen with Foodie and Texier and Bemstrom? We saw Texier, you know, show up last year and do great. Was that in spite or was that because of? We don't know. But that's that's a very pessimistic and cynical view of the forwards for me. But that's not necessarily. I'm just going to watch it play out. I don't have any control over it. But I think that's I think the forwards are definitely for a lot of people something to be excited about, but also something to be a little cautious about. Watching things play out and realizing I have no control over it is something I have no ability to do whatsoever <laughs> because I am extremely looking forward to being very, very angry at Alexander Winberg playing top six minutes for this team. Um, I, I've already prepared my body. I'm ready to rant about it in recaps for this season. So guys, be ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I think towards... As far as the young forwards go, I think Torts has the ability to let guys just go if if they fit the scheme and if no one takes that position. Like, frankly, if I'm if I'm John Tortorella, what I would do is I would first of all I'm keeping Liam Foodie here for his nine games, just like they did with PLD, and I'm going to see what the kid can do. I'm going to put Boone Jenner on the second line and say and tell Alex Winberg, this guy's been playing better than you. Take the spot. And if Winberg can't do it, maybe Foodie can. I Because remember, PLD started the season, started his rookie year on fourth line left wing, and by the end of the year was centering the top line. Like, Torts is clearly not afraid to use guys if... That's a good point about PLD, yeah. Yeah, if if they're if they're playing well, and clearly uh, PLD clicked with Atkinson and was playing well on that top line, so maybe Foodie can do the same. I don't know. Uh, PLD kind of from at least from everything I have read and seen when I saw Foodie live last summer, uh, PLD had better hands than Foodie going into his rookie year. But Foodie is way faster and just way more athletic. If that makes sense, he's smaller and more slight, but. You know, uh, he'll get a chance. He'll get a chance in training camp. And if he has a great camp, maybe we'll see him here in Columbus this summer or this this fall. I'm sorry. Well, I'm really excited to see how the roster shakes out because there are a lot of players who are on that bubble. And I am excited to see how it shakes out in training camp, who's going to be on the initial the initial opening night roster who's going to play is Texier going to stay up is he going to be down those kind of things because following along with these guys this summer they're just getting bigger and stronger and faster i mean when i saw Cole at the Cole Sherwood at the alumni game i was floored because he it was like watching your like teenage brother grow up into be a man like he has so much muscle now and so much speed from what I saw on the ice. It blows me away. And I'm excited to see how he does. And then like Kevin Stenland and Gabriel Carlson, you know, their Instagram stories have just been like them working out all the time. And you see them getting stronger and faster and more skilled, like on ice, off ice. It's, it's going to be a really exciting thing, even for, from a Blue Jackets standpoint because there's so much that could happen 
especially if the team lets it happen. Like mm. if they realize that some of these guys are top line caliber and they have to bump some guys around and bump them down and scratch some of these veterans, then I think that the Jackets should do it in my opinion. I know a lot of people probably don't agree with that. I'm still not excited about the defense though. <laughs> hmm. Um, but then the Monsters have some really great promotional nights this year. Yeah. That are going to be super fun. And I am, I don't normally get excited about promo nights. Like I do a little bit, but these are great. They have a Top Gun night. <laughs> and they're giving, they're giving away aviator sunglasses. And then there's going to be a WWE night and they're giving away like a championship belt. It's a fanny pack though. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's so many things I'm excited about. Boy, I'm I'm really excited for uh I'm really excited for Blue Jackets promotional night when we get 1250 <laughs> beers. Right. What why don't the Blue Jackets have like these promotional nights? I don't understand. I feel like Because the the la- the last the last good idea Columbus Blue Jackets marketing had was the Canon in 2009 and they've rested on their laurels ever since. Now <laughs> Hitchcock mainly, right? Honestly, I have no idea, but I mean, oh, Ken Hitchcock. Sh- Ken Hitchcock is is Canadian, but he's a Civil War buff, and he was a huge. I think. I think I, he was a huge proponent of the canon. He might have been the reason they got the canon, if I remember correctly. But either way, it's kind of funny if it was like not even like marketing that came up with that. I, I'm not sure if that's true, but I know Hitchcock was a huge uh, reason it, it, for it. It is my biggest issue with the Columbus Blue Jackets as a franchise that they do that the the in game experience is incredibly stale. It's been the same stuff since. I graduated college in 2012 and they have done nothing to upgrade the fan experience. I know, I know fans aren't there for, you know, the end game games and stuff they do on the Jumbotron, whatever, but you can occasionally, you can change that every five years, I guess. I don't want to see the same stuff that I've been seeing forever. It's like, like throw, 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 throw the, throw the cannon staff, throw the artillery staff and in, in a room with a, couple cases of beer and we'll we'll bang on some better ideas in an afternoon <laughs> think right. about think about this i feel like there's 81 home baseball games a season i think they have more promo days than the nhl teams do or at least the blue jackets do as far as giveaways or whatever it's so true like the indians yeah. have so many giveaways like they have a ton of bobbleheads and shirts and it's really it's just more marketing for them mm-hmm. you know if we got if even giving away like a really cool looking bumper sticker or like something for your desk or a flag, anything like shirts, people wear those all the time. And you know, the jackets still have to corner the Cleveland market and they still have to corner like the Cincinnati market. They're not a hundred percent in those. Right. Like the, 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 the Clippers are really good about their in-game promotions. They do something every night as a minor league baseball team, literally across the street well, I know I know you're a Chicago Cubs fan. How many things have we seen on social media this summer where the Cubs have had great promotions? And let's yeah, not let, mean, let's not and let's not forget the Columbus crew have had great promotions all summer long, and they didn't have a front office until uh, like three weeks before the season started. So if the right. crew can figure it out, why can't the Columbus Blue Jackets? It it really frustrates me. Maybe that's a a front office issue maybe the maybe the marketing budget's hamstrung by certain people in the front office i don't know but it, it's just it's incredibly frustrating right like i said it's just more marketing like they give away something to someone and someone talks about it they tweet about it 
they tell their friends about it, they display it, they're proud of it, even people from other teams. Like, I would love to see a promo night on, like, a Blackhawks or a Penguins game, especially a Blackhawks one, because I know people don't like Blackhawks fans, um, but hear me out on this. Nope. After having grown up, after having grown up a Blackhawks fan, I can tell you one thing about them: they will travel to see their team, and like they might be a little like a douche canoe in the stadium. But when it, they get excited about certain players on the team, like when Brandon Dubinsky first got here, so many Chicago fans came because they wanted to see him. Panarin was here, and so many of them came. So they became like the Jackets became like their second team and Blackhawks fans tend to be like hardcore Blackhawks fans, but then have like their other team or like their other two teams that they try not to talk about. But then when the Blackhawks are doing bad, they'll like talk about them a lot and they'll be like, Oh, I got this shirt there. Or like, yay, I just won free chili. They are all about promoting out the wazoo. Like, if you combine the t- if you combine that with Jackets fans doing that, I think you'll see more people mainstream-wise talking about the Jackets. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Although, Seeds, I do want to point out, you did win an official jersey on social media night. But, but, those tickets were limited to like 200 people, maybe. And I don't yeah. think if you went outside of the Sky Terrace, it was probably worth anything. No, 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 no. Like, like I went, yeah, I bought, I bought a ticket for social media night. I was up in the Sky Terrace. I ended up sneaking down lower because, you know, that's just huh? what you do. I know. I, I am I am the worst. Any Blue Jackets employees who listen to this podcast, I'm incredibly sorry. <laughs> but uh, also, also, I got my picture with the William Carlson fathead that night, so life was good. <laughs> I got my uh, picture with Alex Lindbergh that night for real, and I don't think I was supposed to. But oh, oh, I did the same thing. Was not supposed to. They were yelling at us yeah. to stop taking pictures with him, and still got one. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the Canadians game. That was very fun, but that wasn't necessarily uh that was the That was streak. game yeah. That was game twelve of the streak, right? Oh sixteen. It was yeah. But yes, I see what you're saying. When when I one of the more recent times I went to Columbus a couple years ago, somebody who goes to a lot of Monsters games was like the Monsters promotions are much better. And I don't know if that's because of the the Q staff and how, you know, the fact there's an NBA franchise in the same building carries over and they're much better idea of how to handle these types of things. But I do want to point out Oliver Bjorkstrand Calder Cup bobblehead night. That <laughs> rules. That's yeah. awesome. Friday, March 6th. <laughs> Talking about Cleveland monsters and like their promotional stuff. I think when it just comes to minor leagues in general, like I know here in Richmond, the flying squirrels do really well with uh, giveaways and stuff. And I think the minor leagues really have to thrive on that because they're really trying to sell their product to the fans. But yeah, I mean, still, Columbus can definitely turn up their game a little bit. 
You know yeah. what Columbus should steal from the monsters? Sorry, Elaine. All my they players. Need to, they need no. Well, well, pr- probably, but um, no. We need to steal the uh, the come out and spray paint a number off the boards in the playoffs. That is so super cool. It was it, so cool. Yeah. And why do the Blue Jackets not do that? I mean, we have we have half that monsters roster on our roster right now. It feels like so. I I mean I even look at. Um, what the monsters do outside of like promotional giveaways and they do like this year, they have a lot of stuff going on. I was not, you know, expecting it, <clears throat> but like they have the new year's Eve game. Cause the game is the day before new year's Eve and the game is at noon. And so it's going to be like a new year's Eve celebration. And then they're doing a black history celebration and a Cleveland lumberjacks weekend. And from my experience with their different events that they do, they, they go out, you know, and I'm not saying that the jackets need to do promotional giveaways all the time either, but have like a, when you, they do a theme night, they need to go all out because I mean, they have to have the budget and there has to be people who are willing to maybe do stuff. I don't want to say for free, but like, like a barter system, maybe, I don't know. If it, if it is a money issue. Um, and if, I mean, obviously they can't be going for the same stuff that Ohio State's going to. They kind of like corner the market on their people for a long time. But the Columbus area is so big. Like, they could do some great events. Like, they could have a Columbus chill night and bring back players from the chill. And the guy who wrote the book, I can't remember what it's called now, but, you know, those are things that they could do. And chill that's what factor. The, yeah, chill factor. Like, And that's what the Monsters do. And I don't think it's just because uh, they're a minor league team. I think that's part of it. But I think it does help that they're in the same building as the Cavs. But also Cleveland sports in general, they just have giveaways and events like nonstop. And I don't know if it's because we've been really bad in the past and they want to get people in or not, but I don't know. I just had an idea and I looked it up to see if it was a real thing. And it turns out this is a real thing. In 2004, it was a Jack Hanna bobblehead. Blue Jackets bobblehead. He's wearing a Blue Jackets jersey and there's a ring-tailed lemur on his shoulder. It is $200 on eBay. <laughs> we got to get that. We got to get that yeah. back. Anyway, PD had an article about 41 home games, ranking them. He ranked all 41 home games, uh, not with respect to the promotional Things that we're talking about, but with regard to like, what time of day is it? Is Ohio State playing? What kind of opponent are they playing? That kind of thing. So go check that out. We didn't talk about this. We didn't have this on our on our pre-show sheet, but this just came out right before we started recording. The EA Sports NHL series came out with their ranking, their top 50 rankings. I just want to just point this out. No Seth Jones in the top 50, but Dylan Larkin made the cut. What? Dylan Larkin yeah. is number fifty, well, and Jones Seth Jones is Seth Jones is nowhere to be found. They had him the the oh, what? Wait a minute! For, wait a minute! Forward bias. Isn't this, hold on, wait. Isn't this fifty through forty one, and they're still going to have like until number one? That's so NHL.com. Yes, you are right. That is NHL.com. Okay. I'm talking about EA Sports NHL twenty. Their actual like oh, ratings oh. in the game. Seth Jones did not make the top fifty. That's fine. We don't need to buy the game. It wasn't anyway. I used to be ride or die for the NHL series, and then I just so did I. Yeah, yeah, it just it's just not worth it anymore. Do you think they actually like 
watch the games or like know about the players. I mean, it I is a they... Canadian studio that handles that. That the developers are Canadian. They they get that part, but some of the priorities that they focused, I just don't get. And I don't think it looks great. And for a long time, also, they had the crowd chant as "Let's go Blue Jackets," and yeah. everybody was like, "That's not that's not what it is." <laughs> Little things like yeah. that, and also not putting Seth Jones in the top fifty players in the NHL, but putting Which is Dylan Larkin in there. I just wanted to poke seeds with a stick on that one. I'm I'm trying I'm trying not to lose my mind over <laughs> here, but like the NHL had him in the top five defensemen in the league right now. Clearly, you're going to have Burns, Giordano, Eric Carlson, you know Drew Doughty, and as these top fifty defense as these top fifty players, and you're not going to have Seth Jones just because he plays in Columbus, and you guys don't pay attention to him. Thanks, Canada. We don't need you. Um, I look forward to you guys all missing the playoffs. <laughs> it's it, you guys. You guys haven't won a Stanley Cup since my little sister was one year old. Bye. Ninety three. <laughs> Get their ass. Oh man! Can I make a comment about PD's forty one? Like yes, the games? please. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step over that. <laughs> no, it's okay. My favorite because I I read through them. My favorite one though. It's such a PD thing. It's like such a dad thing. <laughs> Number thirty three was the game versus Winnipeg. And he was like, come say hi to local product Jack Roslevic. Then leave early because chances are there will be inclement weather and you should drive slowly on your way home. <laughs> it's like some of these comments that he wrote for why are just, just amazing. Like, I think everyone should read it. Yes. More specifically. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out that for that Wednesday, October 30th game against Edmonton, that's my birthday, and so it's not a bad matchup against Connor McDavid, which hopefully Columbus will actually show up for this year against Edmonton, unlike last God. year. But anyway, it's a new season. <laughs> they lost my birthday last year to Detroit, so. So maybe your birthday is just bad luck, Will. No one loses on Probably. my birthday. No one loses on I my I actually went to a game on my birthday in D.C. against the Jackets, and honestly, I can't remember who won that game. But the last uh, time the yeah, Jackets played on my birthday, they beat the Islanders 7 nothing. so... Um, I remember that game. It's fine. The, the Jackets have never played on my birthday, but the Indians do play and they always lose on my birthday. Well, that's just tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to believe, but we are actually almost out of time. It is time now for final thoughts. If anybody would like to go first, Seeds, I know you had one in the chamber, as it were, in your revolver, as it were. Oh, God. Why, why do you have to do this to me, Ryan? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you guys are going to have to bear with me here. This might be a little bit of an extended final thought. It might might take a minute or two. Literally three minutes before we started recording this uh, podcast, I finally finished the story for Red Dead Redemption 2, or at least the main story. I guess there's an epilogue still to go. Guys, not only is this the best video game I have ever played, this is the most heartbreaking story I have ever played in my life. I want to preface this by saying I've been trying to play this game to 100% completion as I've been going through. I've been wasting a lot of time doing hunting and fishing challenges and have built up a real bond with my beautiful cowboy man, Arthur Morgan. Um, He's fantastic. And uh, I just spent the last, I want to say, two hours of my life crying at the television because this story is so incredibly sad it's uh very well written very well done the voice acting is incredible everything about it is fantastic 
And it is a giant punch in the stomach that I was not anticipating having on uh, this Monday night as we're recording it. So those of you who have not ever played the Red Dead Redemption story, I highly recommend it. It's um, fantastic. It's really like a long movie with a with an excellent story of one uh, of one man's descent into madness and uh, how that affects a lot of people around them and kind of your hero trying to get those get those he cares about out of harm's way so yeah uh it's a heartbreaking story and i'm probably just gonna drink my sorrows away tonight because it's so very sad (laughs) it's a great game and just to call back my final thought from last week Almost all the voice actors, the major voice actors from, from Red Dead Redemption 2 are on Cameo. You can book Rob Whitehoff, the voice of John Martian, for $40. Yes! Roger Clark. Yes, I did not know that. Yeah, yes, Arthur Mor- that Roger Clark, the voice of Roger Morgan's on there too. Arthur Morgan's on there too, and he's a little bit more expensive, obviously. But anyway, I just want to book in that because that might cheer you up. That absolutely just made my night better. <laughs> all right. Who would like to go next for their final thought? Uh, I'll go next. So uh, I moved into my apartment. Uh, That's what I was doing the whole last week, going back and forth, cleaning out the old one, moving into the new one. So that's done finally. Also, going back to what Seed said about Winberg earlier, I already proclaimed that he will score 10 goals this year. So it's fine. Winberg will be fine. And uh, (laughs) and also, (laughs) I'm going to meet Elaine this weekend. So that should be fun. Yay. (laughs) Elaine is touring the country. (laughs) Meeting all of the cannon staff. (laughs) <laughs> she's going on tour <laughs> yes yeah should i get a tour shirt guys <laughs> sure that drive's gonna be intense but... <laughs> uh, my final thought is um well i'm circling back to the triple a sorry well i just really want people to know how important it is to support the local youth hockey in your area not just columbus and actually not just the triple a because there's a few programs down in Columbus as well, um, Columbus Ice Hockey Club, and I think CCYH, something like that. Um, but they're all good programs, and they produce different products, different styles. And when I started with the AAA jackets, I was like, oh, this is a great way to like get into the door of the NHL, and like I'll get my dream job. But little did I know that that wasn't my dream job. <laughs> my dream job is to be like the next Ed Ginger, being able to shape the kids as hockey, not just hockey players, but as, as humans. Those AAA kids are just so incredible and their families are amazing. And it, it all comes down to the fact that one man had a dream to, to grow the game of hockey And that's where it starts. People think that growing the game starts at like maybe the college level or in the NHL, the AHL, moving the NHL to other parts of the country. But honestly, growing the game starts when a kid is six, seven, ten. And, you know, you see it in the South, like they're starting to really in Louisiana and Alabama and Georgia they're really starting to get excited about hockey, but that's because their program started when they were younger. And like now LSU has a program, Ole Miss has a program. So it it's it's super important to support them and support people like Ed's dream. 
to grow the game because if if we aren't supporting them, are we really happy fans? Um, and also just the the program changed my life. And even though I can't skate <laughs> at all, they uh, still treat me as like one of their owns. And the parents, a lot of them stay in touch with me. And I am forever thankful for like Ed Ginger and Dale Jordan and all of the families that I've met because they're amazing. Well said. That's really neat. And uh, especially when you short them a ton of money from the 50-50 tickets. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, but that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the AAA Blue Jackets, if you haven't attended an event, go, go do that. It's right there. They're right there. My final thought, we are recording this on Labor Day. We record these on Monday nights. We are recording this episode on Labor Day. I just want to mention this week is going to be a big week for the NHLPA and the NHL as the NHLPA gathers in Chicago this Wednesday to talk about whether or not they will pull out of the CBA. The CBA obviously has been a flashpoint for the players with respect to the escrow situation where the players do not get the full amount of the contract that they agreed to. That's really the sticking point. Last week, the NHL said, nope, we're fine with the current CBA. Let's keep it going until 2022. And this week, the, the Players Association will decide whether or not they would like to do that. So a lot of labor strife, a lot of likely labor strife ahead. We will talk about that probably next week once the NHLPA decides what they're going to do this week. And, and it's a situation to watch going forward, obviously, because without getting into it, there's a great article in the Daily Herald, dailyherald.com from the Chicago suburbs, Arlington Heights, I think. It kind of runs through what's going on, but players aren't getting the money they thought they were because of escrow. Salary cap's gone up. Player salaries have kind of remained the same. You can see Alan Walsh tweeting about it and, and the player agent Alan Walsh tweeting about it this week and going back and forth. That said, nobody really has a good solution from the player side or a solution at all. If the, the, all the players quoted were like, yeah, man, sucks, but I don't know how to fix it. So who knows what's going to happen? This is the NHL... A work stoppage is more likely than not, but something to watch. And I just want to talk about uh, labor on on Labor Day because it seemed very apropos. All right, that will do it for us. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, 430, is out. Go listen to it. It is very good. You can stream it. You can find out more at angelapurley.com. Check us out on iTunes. If you you listen to this on jacketscana.com, tell somebody about it on iTunes, rate it on iTunes. That is how we get seen really well. And also, of course, you can listen to this on Spotify or any other podcast service that you prefer. As always, we welcome your comments and questions. Tweet at us, CBJ Cannon. Comment at jacketscannon.com. From all of us at the Cannon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.